Hey everybody, this is Rob with my buddy Logan. This is the Rob and Logan's Movie Dojo Casa House. Did I get that right, Logan? Casa House? Yeah, I think so. I legitimately uh, forgot that that was the name of our show <laughs> until just now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what better name for two men in their 30s than a, a Barbie reference? But um, welcome to our show, episode two of the podcast episode four if you joined us on the uh clubhouse experiment but uh hey good to talk to you man yeah you too how you doing not too bad not too bad it's been a busy um month or so had a a show in indy um with super penguin that was pretty cool um and then wrapped up book two so it's been a busy busy couple yeah, we uh, let me rephrase. Wrapped up the first draft of book two, which I, I think okay. is the hardest part okay. for me is getting ideas on paper, and then um, the rest is finding where to put commas and where to what to take out, what to add, elaborate on. So I'm working on that stage now, but the the monkey's off my back, if you will, on the other stuff. What is what all goes into this next phase of? the book writing process. Cause I think, I mean, I, you know, we kind of talked about it when we did, you know, when you came on my show last year or whatever it was, we promoted the book, but like, I'm just really curious. And I think I'm sure sub- several of the listeners too are curious, like this whole process. Cause I'm sure not very many people have ever written a book. And now you hear you are uh, writing your second book. So like you've, you've written out this first draft, obviously there's a lot of editing that's going to go into this, but like, what all is this second round of the process? Like, what does that entail? So I'm kind of learning as I go, I'm trying to do some things a little bit differently than I did the first go around. So, um, my first go around, there was a, uh, a designer for the cover kind of assigned to me that I emailed with trying to, I have a friend of a friend or a family member of a friend that I'm working with, um, to do that and maybe do some other projects in the super penguin universe, um, that I'll announce later. But, um, then it's before it was so much like the publisher did. And I'm kind of going more, um, on my own with some things with formatting. So I'm, I'm learning all this stuff of, you know, how to make a book page look the way it should and margins and a whole bunch of other boring stuff. Um, but it's kind of like spinning 10 plates all at once or juggling 15 balls at once, like trying to get all this stuff happening at once. It, it's chaotic, but fun at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, that's but awesome. just a lo- bunch of little assignments of, <clears throat> Hey, figure out what the cover is going to look like. Hey, figure out how to put it on a page, how to break up chapters, how to do whatever else. But the creative part is is finished um and now like i said editing's kind of boring but um a lot of stuff that i'm sure i i butcher that i have an english major friend um helping me out with that will be a, a tremendous help so that no one sees the horrific things that i wrote down um <laughs> and butchered the english language i'm sure a time or two well that's really cool i'm very excited to to get my hands on the second the second uh, chapter in this in this series. So uh, you have a timeline when you think you're going to have, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe not necessarily have the book out, but you know, are you on a timeline in terms of, you know, when you want to get to certain points in this process? 
I am and I'm not. I want I, my goal is early next year, but okay. I also want to. Um, I don't want to stress out over any part of the process and make it not fun. So, right. Um, it, when it happens, it happens. It's kind of my mindset. When it, uh, if something takes a little bit longer or schedules don't line up with the illustrator or the editor or whoever, um, just having a a very zen like experience is kind of my goal to. <laughs> Not make it a negative overall. You know, I don't want to get done with the book and like have it ready and like, God, the last six months were awful. Uh, that was miserable. I don't ever want to do that again. You know, so um, just kind of having fun with it, enjoying the process, and it'll come out when it comes out. But hopefully, early to mid twenty twenty four is the goal. That's cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Thank you. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But and what was um, fun with book two is there's a lot of like I feel like and I might have talked about this last time, but the first book there was so much like world building that I had to do to like explain each character and all these backstories and stuff. And so to have the freedom of like, hey, you already know these characters, so I don't have to spend a ton of time telling you about them because you already know them if you've read the first one and you can kind of just jump in and really focus on the adventure versus the history of the characters. Yeah, that's 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 I love it. That's that's awesome. Um, I've never really even thought about writing a book. I don't even know where I would start. So like the fact that you are doing this is just I love that you have all these things in your head and you've been able to like put them onto paper. I just think that's really cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's it's a ton of fun. And, um, you know, I think if you ever want to write a book or if anyone ever wants to write a book. The hardest part, I think, is just convincing yourself that you're good enough to do it, and you are. <laughs> so um, as you go through, like, I think any writer kind of feels the same way. I'm in some, like, writer Facebook groups and stuff now, and they, like, it's refreshing to see that they all have the same imposter syndrome. They all have the same self-doubts. Yeah. They all have these same, like, I want everyone to see my book, and I want no one to see my book at the same time, and <laughs> these conflicting feelings of... um of yourself and it's it's interesting but that's the hardest part i think was just of conquering that but what was really cool so um i i referenced i was at popcon um yeah. a couple weekends ago and so one thing i like to do is is i i i participate in the conventions too like with you know if there's someone i want to meet like for example Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy um and some other films um, he was there, so like, hey, I'm, I have a copy of this book. I'm a fan of yours. Would love to give you a copy, which is always fun. Um, but we had a uh, a surprise stop by the table, and and I'm I am by no means a um, anime type of nerd, mm-hmm. but one of the voice actors um, from Dragon Ball Z was there, and okay. Gardner and I are sitting at our table and. This guy comes up and he starts talking to us and kind of flipping through the book and asking questions. And I notice on his badge it says celebrity guest. Like everyone, either either a vendor or you're a part of Artist Alley or you're a celebrity guest right. or you're an attendee or a VIP attendee, depending on which package you bought. And I caught a glimpse of it and it said celebrity guest on it. So get to talking to him and and um it was really neat. Like found out that this guy was one of the main voice actors for Dragon Ball Z, Sonny Strait. Um, 
and I don't I don't know the characters. I think Craglin maybe is his name or that's no, that's not right. Hold on. I'm gonna look it up while I maybe Krillin, something something on those facts. You watch Dragon Ball Z Krillin. at all? No, I I'm no, I never I never watched it. Okay. But obviously I know what you're talking about at least. Yeah, Krillin knows the character's name, but but anyway, so the voice actor um purchased a copy of the book instead of me giving away oh, one to a really? celebrity. So it was it was neat that um someone that does some of this stuff at a higher scale in movies and entertainment and stuff was uh interested enough to purchase a copy. That's that's really cool. That's awesome. And then I will tell a story to embarrass my friend Gardner. So Gardner is a huge Dragon <laughs> Ball Z fan. Didn't recognize him because voice actors sometimes are right. hard to recognize. Um but we kind of pieced it together after he left the table of who he was, um, Gardner went over to meet him and told them kind of some of the behind the scenes um, Super Penguin stories and, you know, what we're doing. And, and Gardner was asked if he was my dad. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I've been teasing him with that since, since then. Probably once a week at least, text messages, start calling him dad at the convention. He hated it. He hates that I'm telling the story. So... But That's I wanted hilarious. to put that in the universe for you, Gardner, if you're listening. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, so before we get into some of the other stuff we're going to talk about, I know we don't really dip into sports too much on this show, but I just I just have to ask, I have to get your reaction to what happened last night with your old friend, Aaron Rodgers. Were so- you... What was what was your initial reaction when it went down? So was it? Yeah. So I'm a Packer fan through and through. I right. love Aaron. I got to meet Aaron a few years ago at a at a thing in Bloomington, Illinois. Like as a person, even though he's the past three or four years, he's gotten kind of out there and kind of weird. Um, still, he was my guy. And and when he left, you know, there's kind of this bittersweet you know a little bit of resentment like i you know he talked for a long time about being a packer for life and and retiring a packer and how important that was to him and then it kind of fell apart over the last few seasons you know and there's all that drama and whatever and so um i didn't want him to do poorly but the other half of it I, i definitely didn't want him to get hurt um i was upset to see someone that great at what he does like there's already conversation like is this the end of his career will he hang it up yeah. because of this injury because it's a serious injury it's tough to come back for even if he just even if he wants to come back it might be out of his hands and so um definitely upset um uh, but the packer fan in me running the numbers on and looking at the trade from last year so the deal was we swapped first we got a second last year and then we get one more pick in this 2024 draft the contingency on that pick is he has to play 65% of the snaps. So, okay, well, the draft pick just got worse. And then what, what the, you know, the cherry on top, and it's one game, but they won without him. I mean, winning with I wanted him to play, be healthy for selfish reasons, play, be healthy, and stink. And instead, he's out, not getting the snaps, and they win, making it go from you know, a, a first round pick to a later second round pick than it could be if they lose. So, um, totally changes the dynamic of that team. Totally changes a lot for sure. And, for and just, sure. you know, 
there was a lot of hype around it and um definitely not the the show you wanted to see was him no. leaving i mean it's, it, that's no that's disappointing i do hope he comes back i hope um we get that right off into the sunset um whether it's playing one more season and just happy to come back from injuries or whatever the ceiling that all the New York journalists were saying that he was going to win two Super Bowls in two years and win a fifth MVP or whatever. As long as he's not beating up on my Packers, I wish him the best. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, I've heard everybody has a take and has sure. their thoughts. And I just, you know, as a, as a diehard Packer fan, uh, I just kind of wanted to, Wanted to hear your your take on it, and that's kind of what I figured you would say. Um, but I don't think anybody wanted to wish him ill. Uh, to Outside of, of New England, I mean, Patriots <laughs> fans, I'm sure, were wishing him ill. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very true. Very true. All right, let's get into some of his other stuff. Yeah. So There's plenty of uh, plenty of things we could talk about. Big Brother, Ahsoka. Uh, I have a Big Brother theory that I haven't actually like put out to the world. I've only texted to a couple people. I don't even know if I've talked to you about this yet. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into that uh, whenever we get there. But plenty of things to talk about this week. So well, what do you want to start with? I, I'm intrigued by this theory because you did not text me about it. So okay. fire away, man. Okay. So I haven't – I I meant to go back and, and do a little more uh, – recon for this little more homework for this uh but i didn't but you're caught up on the show correct correct okay so you saw the the most recent eviction episode that took place on thursday night did you see any did you happen to catch what happened with Corey's eviction have you seen any of the stuff or is Corey's Corey's vote for eviction have you seen any of the stuff on social media about this do you know? Do you do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Okay. So in last Thursday's eviction episode, the live show, uh-huh. when they're going through the votes, they go into the DR. Julie says hello. They say hi, Julie, and they say I've cast my vote to evict whoever. Corey says I cast my vote to evict Red. But if you go back and watch it. His mouth does not say red. Huh? His mouth says jag. And I will I will die on that hill. Like absolutely 100% there's there's no way in anything that he does not say I vote to evict jag. But the audio that comes out of it is I vote to evict red. Now, at the end of the day, this was a near-unanimous eviction. It would not have mattered one way or the other. But it got me thinking. I have caught it a few times this season where these Thursday episodes are supposed to be live evictions where all the eviction stuff takes place in real time. There has been at least a couple of occasions throughout the course of this season where I have caught a weird, what appears to me, to be a weird jump cut during these evictions where Julie, they have the two shot of Julie and then this monitor behind her with the peep with the person in the DR, you know, that conversation where like they say, you know, Julie says, you know, Hey Corey. And Corey says, hi Julie. And then when they 
cut to the next camera where it's just the person in the DR, there has been a couple times where the shots just don't quite match up with hmm. like their posture, with what they're saying. I don't exactly know what my point is because <laughs> up to this point, every eviction has been nearly unanimous. But I think there's something weird going on with the editing of these live evictions. I don't know why, and I haven't really been able to prove it yet. And I have not, there has been a lot of, there was a lot of commotion on social media about the Corey thing. Uh, but there hasn't been a lot of other talk about any of these other things that I feel like I've seen. Um, again, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm getting at. Uh, I don't know what the reason would be. I know in the past, the evictions weren't necessarily done live and there's nothing that says they have to be done live. It just seems odd to me that most of them look normal, but then every once in a while there's one spliced in there that doesn't totally match up. Um, I don't have a hypothesis, but that is what I've observed so far. Yeah. The, the only, I guess the only thing I've kind of noticed, so has been awkward and for obvious reasons with, with Matt and Matt. Yeah. And there's some, um, something lost in translation there with anytime they try to do a live chat with him. Um, yeah. I didn't notice no, it. I none mean, of these, none of these have been Matt related. I think one of them was Nicole. Hmm. Um, there was another one. I've, I've noticed it because I've mentioned it to Allison while, we've been, while we've been watching it, that it just seemed weird to me that it was a weird cut. And then the Corey thing happened. And I have no idea what went on there. Like, there's some, I guess his brother, like, went on somebody's show and said that Corey has some sort of um, uh, speech impediment type thing, which, like, I get that. And I'm not going to, you know, try to argue if somebody has a speech impediment. But, like, I don't know. There, It just, if go back and rewatch it. Yeah, I, I want and, to now. I And uh, pay attention to when Corey votes because I, I'm interested to see. Because I mentioned this to somebody else, and they're like, you're crazy. And then they watched it with the sound off. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, There's no way he says red. No way. So, again, it was a near unanimous vote. It would not have mattered. I have no idea why this is happening. And maybe it's not happening at all. But that is my current Big Brother theory that I'm still in the process of working through. Uh, maybe by next month when we do this again, I will have more of a um, – more of a conclusion to this there will be more to the story but this is just where i'm at right now in my in my um deep dive so right now behind you is there like the post-it notes with the yarn going from thing to thing this is <laughs> yes. spider web right of here. conspiracy theories yes okay nice yes <laughs> um i'm not a big i'm not usually a big conspiracy theorist person but i don't know there's some there's just seems to be something a little fishy going on that i haven't exactly gotten to the bottom of but anyway the show's great um Cameron is finally uh, making some things happen in the house, for better or for worse. A lot of people don't like him. He seems to be growing on some people. Um, I'm glad that somebody's stirring some stuff up because it's been pretty uh, been pretty straightforward to this point. So, yeah, I think you know I shared this last time. I'm Team Suri, and I still feel like she has her claws on so many people at so many angles. Plus, they gave her the advantage of having her kid in the game. But yeah, you know, I even even if someone accomplishes getting her on the block, I think it's going to be a death sentence for anyone that sits across from her, at least right. until like final four or five. Well, 
So I, I don't know what's happened to this point. Um, but I mean, we know, we know as a TV audience, who's on the block. Sure. And we know that at this point in the actual week that POV and the veto ceremony has already happened. I don't know what happened. Right. But if I were Cameron and I had the opportunity, if one of the two came down, if either either he pulled them down or they pulled themselves down or somebody else pulled them down, if Suri is available to put up, I would put Suri up. And I would just give this – I would give a speech to the house that basically says, I know that I am public enemy number one. I know that I have to win HOH or POV for the rest of the season in order to stay in this house. I understand that. But if you all cannot see who is really running this house right now, you are blind. I'm going to do the easy thing by putting sure. her up. And it's up – I'm going to do the hard thing by putting her on the block. You guys have an easy, have the easy part to vote her out. Well, and, and I don't I, know if he'll do it. I don't know if it happens. Um, but that's what I would do if I were him, if I was in that situation. Yeah, I, they. You're right. I I like her too, and I think that she's gonna she will potentially coast all the way to the end. But if if somebody is able to to do that and to be like, listen, I know you guys are all buddy buddy with Sari, but like, she's she's gonna win this thing if you guys don't get rid of her. So let's just do it right now. Well, and you know, and I think. I think that's your. It sounds easier than it is because well, of, sure. of how Suri has these relationships with everybody. Like you go yeah. down the line, like Matt. Is it a good move for Matt to vote against Suri? Yes, we know that as a viewer. But I think in Matt's eyes, he's Suri's number oh, two, yeah. and oh, Felicia is his number two. Is her number that's two? The thing. They all think that. They yeah. all think that. And so I think all of them think, well, she's she's my ride or die, and I don't know that. Like anyone else is going to show that card. They're like, "Hey, I'm in a final two with Suri. Like she's my ride or die." And I have to go through the numbers and see like exactly how many people and who's on the block with her. But I, you know, I think she almost has it to a point where she's already. And there's some in the middle. You know, would I think Corey would probably do it? I think America would. You know, I I don't know about Bowie. I think I think she doesn't trust Izzy and she doesn't trust Felicia. But I think she still trusts Sarisam. And I, you know, it just, yeah. and you don't want to be on, if you, if you take that shot and miss, you don't want to be on the wrong side of it. So there's yeah, a little no, bit of that I, fear I too. I disagree. So I, I think. Disagree. And you're, you're right. It is, it is easier to, to see that from the outside as people that are watching the show. But based on things he said, I have a feeling that Cameron has an idea more so than maybe some other people do. Yeah. And, you know, he, maybe this is the chance to be like, Hey, this is happening. Like you guys need to see it. Um, like if you don't see it, like you're literally going to let her walk all the way to the end and win the 7,500, whatever thousand dollars. Like yeah. this is what's going to happen. So we'll see. And it may not even get to that point. It, they may not be able to take one of the other two down or whatever. So, well, and I um, think what Cameron said that was smart was he talked about, if you're going to go after Sari, you got to kind of take out the people below her first so that she doesn't have those confident, you know, you know right. Izzy's going to vote yeah. to keep her. You know Felicia's going to vote to keep her. Well, if they're not there, there's two less votes that I have to try to overcome. And so maybe yeah. it's a, you know, final seven move, a final five move, if you can last that long. Right. But, you know, I it, it's I, I, I think she's in a really, really good place right now. Um, and they got to... Cameron has the right strategy. You got to chip away at those right hand people. Yeah. 
Um, and when she doesn't, when she only has two final twos left, then you can win it in a four to three vote or something. Yep. No, I agree. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm glad that somebody's shaking some things up. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens this week. Um, I don't know the results of what's going to happen, but uh, either way, it's, you know, he's he's doing some things that we haven't seen anybody else do this in this house yet. So so, so one theory I was going to kind of throw out there, too. So they've, they've, every season there's some sort of battle back in or or a second life that we've already seen. With the writer's strike going on and like them starving for content to have on, you know, we've already seen they're going to go to two hour episodes. Survivor's going to do two hour episodes. Amazing Race is going to do two hour episodes. How many times are they going to go to the like second life type thing, do you think, this season where a, a Jag gets saved by a superpower or a couple people can battle back in well, to be a part of it? Well, that's the thing. I don't think they can do the battle back. Because they've already told everybody that's been evicted about the big twist. Well, I'm thinking like Jury House for for another um, for a battle back. Yeah, yeah, a jury. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that could be. Um, I mean, they they do need to prolong, but I do think they've already kind of. I think they've already said when their finale is. So I don't know. Maybe I, I'm sure there will be another situation where. Somebody else gets the chance to come back in into the house. Yeah, it probably will be in the jury, which we're still a few weeks away from, right? Like jury's normally like final nine, and I, I think, think we still so. got like twelve people in the house or something. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably inevitable. They're trying to stretch out, get as much content out of it as they can because they, you know, they don't really have a lot else to do. They're, you know, they're throwing up Yellowstone and uh, they got Survivor and Big Brother and The Challenge and this Josh Dumel show that I'm actually kind of wanting to watch now as many times as I've seen the, <laughs> the, these commercials for yeah. Buddy Games. So Allison stares at me um, with a death glare every time I sing the song, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's catchy, man. So um Whatever. This is the only time I really watch CBS other than for like sports. Sure. Uh, is Big Brother. I, I mean, I haven't watched Survivor in many, many years. And maybe at some point I, I always say that I will, but like I just I just don't. Um, but yeah, I could I could definitely see it. I mean, I, I would not be shocked if there is at least one other opportunity for somebody to battle themselves back into the into the house. But yeah, it would definitely be after the jury portion because they've already let these people go and told them the big twist so they're sure. not going to bring any of those people back in the house so on the flip so side of that could do, you, see the jury. do you think they'll avoid double eviction nights this season no i mean i can see why you'd say that uh but i double eviction is just such a big part of yeah. big brother <clears throat> uh i don't think you can do a season without it um but again, I think they've I do think they've mapped out their schedule. So I think they I haven't done the math on it to know exactly what it is, but um I do think they've they've got it figured out in terms of timing wise. So uh no, I, I think just because it's such a staple of the show that I think a double eviction is gonna happen. But I can I can see why you'd say that. So yeah, I fill up the time somehow. So yeah, I mean that was my only thought. I hundred percent agree. Like double eviction night is like, oh my gosh, we got to make sure we're you know at home tonight to watch double eviction night. It's going to be crazy. But in a world where we don't know what's going to happen with these other shows, 
Do we need to stretch it out? Do we need to have another season? You know, um, I think they're already. Uh, I think this Big Brother is supposed to go to like November tenth or something like that. Okay. Um. So I mean, they're already going to be pushing pretty good into the November 9th is when the expected finale is. Uh, but they could always change that, of course. But they did say it was a hundred hundred day season. Yeah. So I think I think they're they're locked into the timeline. Um, but I haven't done the math to think about how many people and all that stuff. But no, they'll they'll do whatever they got to do to to fill their to fill their time slots. That's for sure. I'm not exactly thrilled about the uh, 10:30 Eastern time Sunday night episodes now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not, but I will be watching those probably on Mondays. <laughs> don't think I'll be staying up to watch an hour long episode at 1030 on a Sunday night. But, uh, you know, at least it's not the live eviction episodes. Yeah. Um, and this time, you know, the Sunday episodes are always rough because you're you're at the mercy of football, too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, how the game football drags golf, on. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of a guess at our house of well, when it will actually be on you. Tune in when it's supposed to be on, and sixty minutes just started. So that's that's always fun. Um, Your dog just wants to come hang out. It's fine. Yeah, someone might be breaking into my house. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, <laughs> but so if it suddenly goes silent on my end, it's something bad happened. That's we'll figure fine. it out. Maybe they'll make a sixty-minute segment on it, um, <laughs> and that'll push back Big Brother even more. Yeah, no kidding. Um, any other shows you've been watching recently? No, uh, Ahsoka. Okay. Um, which I know we'll talk about. Um, Only Murders in the Building um, is a show that we watch here in this house. Uh, Winning Time, the Lakers show on HBO on Max. Um, following that, I haven't watched the most recent episode, but I really like that show. Um, it's it's kind of a fun look into that whole thing it's not exactly like super accurate but it's entertaining um but yeah soak is probably the big one right now yeah so you caught, certainly you caught up uh, on it i am caught up on it yeah i was a little worried the first few weeks i wasn't totally uh wasn't totally digging it uh i just I don't know, man. We can have this conversation now or a different time, and everybody else has talked about it at nauseum. But like the just the oversaturation of Marvel and Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus has just really ruined some of these things for me. Sure. Like I just, I simply just do not care about Star Wars nearly as much as I probably used to, and it's almost the same with Marvel now. Um, like I, I've heard how great Andor was. I didn't even watch Andor. Like I was so checked out of Star Wars. Star Wars when that came out, um, I've been sick with Ahsoka. Uh, in the first few episodes, I was like, okay, this kind of just feels like Mando again. Like we're just gonna go on little side quests. Uh, but it's starting to pick up a little bit. And uh, the way the most recent episode, last week's episode, ended, kind of got me excited a little bit. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens when this new one drops tonight or whenever I watch it tomorrow. Okay. Um, We'll so, see. so How about did, you? Did you add? Did you? Let me ask you this: Did you? Did you watch Rebels when it was out, or have you watched no. that on Disney Plus at all? No, I've never watched Rebels. Okay, so I think that has helped me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like I had the same issue with Andor. I I think I watched the first episode and just struggled to get into it. 
Um, I loved Rogue One, but just for whatever reason, um, that one I struggled. I haven't finished watching yeah. it either, which I'm sure there's friends of mine that I, I know of a couple of friends that absolutely loved it and it's their favorite of any of the yeah, Disney I've, Plus I've stuff. I've heard it's like the best thing they've done, and I believe that. I just <clears throat> I was just kind of so out of it by after three seasons of Mandalorian, which one and a half of them just weren't great, and then the Obi Wan stuff, and I was just it's just a lot. Yeah. So, but, but for on. for me with I, I loved Rebels and and so to see like I got my live action version of it now, which yeah. it really if there's so much like of that show that bleeds into Ahsoka that if you don't have that or even some like clone wars, I could like, I, I don't understand how people that like you that are kind of just going into it um, are enjoying it. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is a tie into that. And Oh, Thrawn. And you know, oh, how the season yeah. finale of rebels ended, like it's pretty much picking up. It's significantly later, but it's picking up where that left off. And so right. it feels almost like a live action sequel to it versus its own property. Um, right. And so for me, I've been, I've loved it. I, I loved Rebels. Um, I'm like waiting for certain characters to show up. And like Zeb was in the last season of Mandalorian. It's yeah. Like, okay. Where's he at? Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. Like, okay, where's he at? Is he one of these guys behind the mask or is he someone else? What's cool is a couple of times too, they've had the voice actor also playing the real actor on screen. So like those moments have been right. neat. Um, they haven't done that a ton, but um, a couple, mostly like side characters, but it's been pretty cool from that aspect. And I, I'm enjoying it. I think um, Baby Yoda has been the highlight for me of the Disney Plus Star oh, Wars sure. stuff. So. I hope he yeah. gets in it. You know, you got to work Baby Yoda into it, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah, I uh, I just, I enjoy Star Wars, but I'm fairly casual when it comes to Star Wars. Um, I mean, I grew up, you know, we had the original trilogy like on VHS. So I remember watching that. Um, you know, you and I were like, I always felt like I was the perfect age when Phantom Menace came out. You know, I was just loved the the pod racing aspect of it. And like, I know that that's not a great movie now looking back on it. But like, that was my Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I've been for the most part, I enjoyed the the, uh, the new trilogy. I mean, I know like the issues that Rise of Skywalker had, like I'm very like I'm very obvious, like aware of that. Uh, but I, my ter- in terms of my Star Wars stuff, like I'm pretty, like I'm a pretty casual watcher. Like I, sure. I watched all Mandalorian, and I watched, I watched most of the mainstream canon stuff. I haven't done the animated and, you know, comics and stuff like that. But, um, it's you know it yeah it is probably easier to follow if you are familiar with some of that stuff. Like there's a lot of things that happen. I'm like I don't know who this person is, but I'm still watching it. Um, but I don't know. I, I have been enjoying Ahsoka for what it's worth more so than I really was like the last, the third season of Mandalorian and, uh, the Boba Fett's like, that was, that was dumb. Like we did not need the book of Boba Fett. Like, I, I don't know what the point of that was. The, the Obi-Wan thing should have been a movie. Like they're just the, the, the choices that they're making and that's a different conversation. Like, but the choices that they're making have just been a mess. Yeah. Just collectively amongst all of the Disney uh, 
properties. But uh, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to see this new episode that drops tonight or tomorrow, whenever. Um, just to see what happens with this character that we yeah we the the gotta, tease gotta at the end of the last episode the was huge. Yeah, we won't we won't and talk. And then they about went it. and spoiled it. They went and spoiled it in their Instagram post, which pissed off a lot of people. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, Star Wars put it out out on Instagram like a, a thing for it because they were trying to promote something for Destination D twenty three or something, and like a day later, like it had this character in the image, and like you know, new rock stars and these other people are complaining like they have to have a forty eight hour, you know, period where they can't say anything. And here the actual account is putting up things. And I saw a lot of people that were like, I have not had a chance to watch this. And here you are already spoiling it for me. So, wow. Yeah. I'd, but we won't spoil it. Uh, no, we will not. That we will not. Hasn't seen it. Yeah. My level of Star Wars nerddom um, about we've, we've missed a few weeks, but I'm in a group. There's five of us where we play a, a version of Dungeons and Dragons that is Star Wars themed. <laughs> Um, I play as a Jawa, the little hooded characters on uh, Tatooine. So, um, so yeah, pretty big Star Wars nerds. I hang out with frequently, and I I feel like I'm like I'm a real big nerd with Star Wars stuff. And then I hang out with some of these guys, and um, it's like, oh man, I'm like a C plus Star Wars nerd, and these guys are nuts. Um, yeah, but but we yeah, I I have a lot of fun watching them. I think. Um, I will, I'm pretty hooked on them that I'll give most of them a chance at least to start. And then I, you know, but, um, it it seems like it's hit or miss. Like I, I really like the Mandalorian stuff. Book of Boba Fett was just kind of okay. It felt like it was only there to like bring back Boba Fett and to introduce some other characters and like kind of act as Mandalorian season Two and a half. It's two and a half. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't. What I don't yeah, like it was is weird. the idea that you have to watch all of it to understand all of it. Like right. I should be able to watch just Ahsoka, and everything is encompassed in that. And I should be able to just watch The Mandalorian, and it, you know, tie-ins are fine and connections to the next thing. But when, if I watch just The Mandalorian, I didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. Well, how'd Grogu get back? Like, how are they reconnected? Oh, you didn't watch that other show? Well, that's why. So, all right. So, I think that kind of wraps up Ahsoka. Um, I saw some interesting Nintendo Universe news. I pre- you know, don't know if you saw it as well, but and, and it's it's tough now with Facebook to like what's some fan made garbage yes, and what's like an actual yes. rumor, but I. I, I liked this rumor, so even if it is just fan-made garbage, I like it and want to talk about it. So one of the Facebook posts I saw was they're working on a Star Fox movie with mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth as as the lead. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Were you a Star Fox I fan? It. I played a little bit of it. Uh, obviously, know him more from or know the characters more from like Super Smash Bros. Sure. Um, but uh, no, I love it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean. Nintendo as a um, property has been very hesitant about uh, putting their prop putting their IP into theaters. Um, it's been a slow process. They had a big, you know, debacle back in the '90s with the Mario movie, uh, but, but obviously 
one of the biggest movies of this year, the second biggest movie of the year, and we'll end up the second biggest movie of the year was the Mario movie. And they're like, all right, well, we're just going to do it all now. So, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. Star Fox and Chris Hemsworth, I think that's a that's a great pairing. Um, I love that direction. I love that idea. And I think it's very obvious There's we're going to see more of these. Um, whether they're tied into other Mario properties or anything like that, or if it's just Nintendo doing their own thing or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think that's inevitable. And whether or not that rumor is true, who knows anymore? I've seen a, a thousand different Marvel-related rumors over the course of the last, you know, six months that none of them have come to be true. So I can't really believe half the things I see on the internet anymore. Sure. Um, but I love the idea of it. Absolutely. Well, it's... And, and Star Fox is... You know, a, a one-off of Star Wars. You know, I think taking right. the Nintendo model of what worked with with the Mario movie and and take the the Star Wars stuff that's worked and the 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 characters in there and and they had some. I, I remember um, playing it on my Nintendo sixty four and um, just the the little interactions with like Slippy the Toad and always trying to shoot yep. at that little frog and. Even though he was on your team, or she, I don't remember if it was a he or she, but um, oh, I, the fun, the dialogue in that was always fun. Like you had the yeah. the surly Falco yelling at you, and um, I think it could make for a fun movie. I think um, I, I don't know how I feel about Chris Hemsworth. Just with that Thor accent is always how I hear him. Yeah. Although I didn't think Chris Pratt would work as Mario either, and it worked enough for me that. Um, I I would definitely watch it. I'm I'm gonna be at the theater for it if if it's true. Yeah, but would you have predicted that Bradley Cooper would be such a perfect casting for Rocket Raccoon? Well, I mean, the thing with that is, of the and I didn't know a ton of Rocket Raccoon before, just no, a few. No, but it was always written like I have a Star Fox voice in my head from the video games, just like That's we have a Mario true. voice in your head. And so that's a good point. It's almost breaking down that wall for me of like someone's done it and this is so different, but it might still work. We'll see. Yeah, no, it'd be fine. I think it's if that's true, which who knows if it is. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense. It really kind of, you know, brings up some other ideas of some other video game properties uh, that I think we're going to see unleashed here before too long. I mean, video game movies for a long time just did not work. Yeah. I mean, the Mario movie was the big example of it, um, but we've they've tried a lot of them over the years, and most of them have been colossal failures. Yeah. Um, it's really the last, like, five or so years that we've had any success with them. I mean, it felt uh, like Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I was going to say was, Detective Pikachu and Sonic kind of started off. Sonic. Where... Sonic launched it again. I haven't seen Gran Turismo yet. I kind of wanted to, but I'll probably wait at this point. I've heard Gran Turismo's good. Um, what else have they done recently that's done really well? Did, did you see the um, Twisted Metal show with Anthony Mackie? No, but I I I want to see that. That's on Peacock, right? I think so. I haven't I haven't watched it's it yet like either. Anthony but Anthony Mackie and Will Arnett. Yeah, it's uh, kind of on my I've heard, to watch list. I've heard that's. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Yeah, I, I think they're I, you're slowly going to start seeing more and more of it um, of the video games, you know, but making like, their way to the theater. To um, your point, like the old Mario movie, it makes sense. Resident Evil, 
okay. Yeah. I mean, Resident it wasn't Evil's a big one. Wasn't great. The old Mortal Kombat movie had kind of a a cult following, but like, yeah, it wasn't because it was good. It was because it was kind of silly right. and fun. But and I I think and I think we've talked about this before, one on one, but. To me, I think the secret sauce to a good video game movie is starting with a video game that doesn't have like an elaborate story. Like Sonic is pretty much just you're running from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen and there's some right. bad guys and you jump and hit them. Mario is kind of the same thing. A Resident Evil had an elaborate story as part of the video game. Yeah. And so you're competing against that story. There's some really good storytellers no, that's a good point. in video games. And I think it, um, it, you have to overcome that obstacle with the fanboys of, hey, my story on this movie yeah. is better than the story in the video game. And if it doesn't meet that, then it's graded harshly. So I think that's where yeah. Star Fox would work. Point. And uh, uh, Mario has worked well, too. Yeah. No, I agree. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you have to think about it. Like, the Mario thing, I, I enjoyed this, this new Mario movie. But it was a movie for children. Like yeah. it was not. There was nothing. That script and that story was bare bones. Like it worked, and kids loved it. And you know, adults got it. There was enough nostalgia in there to enjoy it. Um, but like it was, it was pretty simple in terms of in terms of plot and story and all that stuff. Um, so if you can do that type of thing, you're obviously going to make a lot of money. I don't know that. Star Fox is the same type of Star Fox is obviously not the same level of property as Mario. Like I just there's no way in which Star Fox is able to bring in a billion dollars in the theater. Um that's just not a thing. Um but I could see it having success if if it you know if the right studio. I guess it would probably be uh Universal. Um So I don't know, it's it's a little different. You know, Mario is um uh, not that Star Fox is like you know for more adults, uh, but I just don't think that's that story is not going to translate as well as to an illumination style, you know, minimal plot uh, type of thing. Um, not that it couldn't work, but I think it would be a different type of movie. Yeah, I we'll think. Um, yeah, and and we don't know like what what that universe will look like. Is it? Is it going to be Star Fox crashes into the Mario Kingdom and him and Mario go on an adventure? That might put people in seats. You know, the you mentioned uh, Super Smash Brothers. Could you take yeah. five or six different properties and throw them all together into some s- sort of story there? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think one thing that Mario did really well, too, was get voice actors that people knew and that were super excited about the project. Like Jack Black as Bowser... I don't know that I've ever seen a voice actor so excited to play a character and dress up as the character for interviews and and go out and and you know just absolutely sell a movie the way that he and Chris Pratt and those other guys sold sold Mario. So I just googled Star Fox movie and the first thing that comes up is Idea Wiki, which I've never been to Idea Wiki before. It's part okay. of the Fandom Network, but basically it's somebody's idea for it but i didn't totally catch on to that right away i just kind of started scrolling and it was like coming out next year produced by disney i'm like these things aren't happening and then i went further down and it has a whole cast list oh. what do you think they have 
as the lead in this. This fan, this is a fan-casted, fan-written uh, movie. A fan-made Star Fox movie. I'll give you a hint. He does the voice for everything else in Hollywood right now, so why would he not also be Star Fox? Um, it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> okay. It's Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know, I was I was it's thinking just, maybe a Ryan Reynolds could work because there's kind of that sarcastic Chris humor. Pratt, Anthony Mackie, J.K. Simmons, Rico Rodriguez, Bella Thorne, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ethan Hawke, Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is just some fan idea for a movie that's not going to happen. But was uh, uh, J.K. Simmons the uh, Peppy O'Hare? Ooh, uh, did, did it have characters? Hang on. It did have characters, but let me look. They have a soundtrack too. Oh, uh, yes, Peppy Peppy Hair. Okay, um, I, I think that's I perfect. I don't remember all these characters, so so give me uh, Slippy and yeah. give me Falco. Who they have in those stuff spots? Slippy is Rico Rodriguez. I don't, the I don't guy know. from Modern Family. Oh, uh, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, that's the the guy that played Manny in Modern Family. Okay, and what was the other one you wanted to hear? Falco. Uh, Anthony Mackie. Okay, I, I could see that. I, I Chris Pratt's yeah, yeah. In already Mario, just... so I don't like that. But those other three, I, I'd be I'd be on board with that. This is just some person's idea, so I'm not gonna put any sort of thought into it. But okay, I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, you know what movie I loved playing as a kid that I would love to see them make into a movie? I have two. Okay. So let me just preface this by saying I was never a huge gamer. Like, we had game consoles in our house. We played a lot of sports movies in our house. Sure. Or sports games in our house. Played a lot of Madden and Kangaroo Junior Baseball and NBA Live. Like, mostly sports games in my house. Knowing your family, that totally tracks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, Banjo-Kazooie. Dude, that'd be good. (laughs) I don't know why. I just love that game so much, and I think that would be a great movie. Um, and two, it's a little off kilter, but I think it'd be fun. It would be in the style of the Sandlot, but it'd be backyard baseball. Ooh. Animated. Okay. Now, would you have the kid pros in it too? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I think you just, I think you just got to have the, <clears throat> the backyard kids. See, I think you have the backyard you know? kids and the villain is this team of Barry Bonds, Carlos Beltran, Mark <laughs> McGuire, Frank Thomas pitching. Yes, that's good. I love it. Dude, I That's awesome. I would watch that I would love that backyard baseball movie. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> Wouldn't that be so good? <laughs> I'm I'm here for it, man. I would like I'm if if a if a whatever is sent out for people to sign a petition to sign to make this movie happen. Dude, get it in my hands. Start. I'm I'm signing it. That that sounds awesome. Start it. So I had a couple. We kind of talked about this, like you know, when we when we first saw that Facebook post. So I have a couple. One is a is a pretty obscure game, but I played it a ton. Um, there's a game called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It was on the Super Nintendo. Um, very okay. cartoony. I don't know if I play that one. Very cartoony zombie game. Like you had a a water gun that was taking them out, and just very. Very silly, and I'm thinking like a in, in like an Illumination movie, even where it was, um, you know, you're not gonna have a bunch of blood and gore type zombie stuff, but just 
kind of plants versus zombies type of style where right they're they're zombies but they're not really scary um there were a lot of little side characters that you had to go around and rescue that i could just see in a in an illumination type movie and then another one um i don't know how it would work i think the main character has to remain silent but you surround them with a bunch of great voice acting talent would be a Kirby movie. I I yeah, think that would be a I ton of fun too. Yeah. Kirby be a good one. And, and maybe he has to be a, and, and maybe going back to the, the idea of a super smash brothers movie where he's just kind of a silent side physical humor character. But um, I always love that little pink glob of goo. So what about Paperboy? I loved playing Paperboy. <laughs> There's no story. There's absolutely no story. You can do, do whatever, whatever you want you to. <laughs> I just don't know how you turn that. I mean, there was was there a villain in Paperboy? It was just I don't remember. Get enough there was newspapers. A Zac Efron movie called The Paperboy. Okay. Uh, I don't believe it has anything to do with the video game. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen it, so we can't confirm to... though. <laughs> It's funny to think about that it is. Um, the Paperboy, yes. This was a Zac Efron math, and McConaughey. No, it was a McConaughey movie. Okay. Yeah. Zac Efron, yeah, definitely. Matthew McConaughey, Nicole Kidman, Zac Efron, John Cusack. Yeah, I, it had nothing to do with the video game, The Paperboy. But in my mind, they're connected. Okay. So. Now, I got to go find that movie now, and I'm going to watch it. In the mental frame, of this is based on a video game, and then probably be thoroughly disappointed when it makes no I'll sense. I'll read this synopsis off of IMDb. <coughs> a reporter returns to his Florida hometown to investigate a case involving a death row inmate. Not the same <laughs> thing as the video Not game. Nowhere near. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We'll make it. We'll make it. I haven't. I don't know if I've told you this. This is unrelated to video games, but when I eventually have the, the spare time to write, like you're writing a book, I want to write screenplays. Okay. Have I told you what I want my screenplays? What I want my first screenplay to be? I have a list of them that I've honestly kind of forgotten about, but I my my one A has been the same for the last like five years. I want to be the person that pens the script for a live action remake. Of the brave little toaster, you know, I you have <laughs> told I tell me that you before. This? I couldn't remember you telling me that, but I remember that now. Yes, I love it. That's just what I want to do. I I just want to be that person that that pens the script for the um, Oscar nominated Disney Plus uh, released, uh, probably slightly thriller horror version of Brave Little Toaster. I went back and rewatched that. It's probably. I mean, the rewatch was probably five, ten years ago, but it was one. I forgot how kind of dark and spooky it was. It is. It's very dark. <laughs> Fern Gully was that kind of way too. Like I, I went yes. back and rewatched that one. I was like, my goodness! Like, yeah. I, no wonder '90s kids turned out the way we did when yeah. we had some of these depressing cartoons we had to watch. Uh, and before we move on, somewhat related to that, watched a movie last night that. I hadn't seen – well, I shouldn't say that. I actually did watch it fairly recently. But I just – I'm amazed. A lot of movies from the 80s and 90s just do not hold up. E.T. holds up. E.T. E.T. the ride and E.T. the movie 
hold up incredibly well. They're both, it's dark and it's darker than I think I remember it being as a kid, but it holds up. That's it. That's my movie take of the day. All right. It's been, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen E.T., but that should I'll have to it. go back, yeah. go back and watch. It, it made its rounds during the 35th or 40th anniversary sometime last year. I saw it in theaters. Okay. And I was really glad that I did. And then we watched it, ended up watching it last night. But the, the ride at Universal Studios also holds up very well. Yeah. So Anywho. I've been spending the last few weeks like watching movies that I missed in theaters. Um, okay. From this year? Yeah. Mostly, mostly this year. Okay. Um, I watched, well, my, the, top of my list of movies i wanted to see this summer that because of scheduling issues and whatever else was the machine with burt kreischer did you watch it watched it last last week maybe two weeks ago did you rent it no i i the the day that i saw i couldn't find it in theaters anymore i pre-ordered it on amazon and then just did you every day watch to make sure it was still coming on i think august 31st or whenever it was coming um loved it Absolutely, love it. It was yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I, I plan to. It it is not a good movie. I mean, it's just obnoxious. Yeah, I, I was um, <laughs> obnoxious silliness. Do do you know his bit about? Yeah, okay. yeah. I've I've heard it. I mean, I I didn't know a lot about him. Um, he came to South Bend last year, and I didn't go. I didn't really know who he was. I only really wanted to go because he was. Touring with touring with Taylor Tomlinson, okay. who I wanted to go see, but I I just didn't make it out. But since then, I have started to follow him a little more. Yes, I have heard the story, the machine story. So, yeah, I, I am familiar with with the story and everything. I do want to see it. I, it's on my list of movies, and I'm just waiting until they're on a service that I'm already paying for, sure, um, as opposed to paying to purchase or rent these movies. But it's it's definitely on that list. As soon as it is available somewhere, I will be watching. And Mark Hamill plays his dad, and I great cast, per- perfect casting. I mean, the, the way the energy <laughs> off those two is a ton of fun. The chemistry between them was great. Um, it's definitely you know it's there's some um, there's some violence to it. There's I mean you're dealing with the Russian mafia, so there's um, kind of crime related violence and. Some some stuff that happens, it's kind of makes you cringe at times, but yeah, I'm sure. But then I watched Renfield. Have you, did you with the Nicolas Cage I vampire seen movie? It, yeah. So I seen it. if you watch that one first, the gore that happens in the machine is like nothing. I watched them in the other order. I watched the machine first, like oh, there's some violence to this, and then I watched Renfield. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this is a lot more violent and bloody and gory than I thought it was going to be. Um. I mean, it it's everything that you would expect from a Nicolas Cage vampire movie. Um, I forget is it Nicholas Holt is that the the guy who was yes. Beast in the X Men yeah. First Class? Okay, he did yeah. a good job. He was fun as the lead. Um, ben Schwartz is in it. He's hysterical. Aquafina's in it. She was great. Um, I thought it was a good cast. I thought it was kind of a movie that. I don't know that I had to have seen it in theaters, but I was like, I was glad I watched it because it was just kind of a, a, another wild Nick Cage movie that he's really leaning into the crazy. He's kind of our Gary Busey, I feels like that just it's a good take. Yeah. It, so, and I love that crazy energy on a movie theater screen or TV screen. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. If you're not into the crazy stuff or 
you know, it, it, very, very violent. So I wouldn't recommend if you're squeamish at all. Do not watch this movie if you're squeamish. Um, <laughs> but it was good, I think. Oh, and then I finally watched uh, just on Saturday night, my buddy Gardner's birthday. We came over. I have a, a projector in our basement with a little couch set up, kind of a little mini movie theater. And we watched uh, Across the Spider-Verse finally. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Um, Fantastic. Wonderful. I wasn't prepared that it was so um, cliffhangery. Yeah. I, a little, I, I don't mind a cliffhanger, but I want like the story to finish in a movie. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. Like, can we have a yeah. little bit of closure instead of kind of the Lord of the Rings model where it's like, hey, this is one story cut into three parts. It felt right. like this is not necessarily. This is part two A and not two of three, so right. No, my only yeah, complaint. I uh, I went into it knowing it was part one of two, but I wasn't expecting it to be a flat out cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, that part I did not see coming. But as I sat there during the theater, you know, in the theater, and I'm thinking about the runtime on this, I'm like, we gotta be getting near the end, and I don't feel like we resolved anything. Uh, and then I'm like, oh. We're just going to flat out just absolutely just split this movie up into two parts. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't really care for that either, even though I was somewhat prepared for it. Uh, but still, I mean, it's I it is, it's still my top rated movie of the year. I don't know if it'll finish there. We got some good ones coming up, uh, but it's going to be hard to beat. Um, it's yeah. I mean, the first one was terrific and this one may have been even better. Yeah. Um, so a lot of pressure for the third one whenever we end up getting that. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. I'm I'm glad you finally got a chance to watch it. Yeah, that. I love my uh, favorite part was the one of the best. The way they did the some of the other universes, like the Lego universe yep. and the the artwork always blows me away too. The how it, you know, the uh, the spider punk, just like his artwork yeah. contrasts against all the others. I thought that was I mean, they do such a great job visually, it's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't gone back and watched it a second time. I watched it in the theater, you know, on a it wasn't an IMAX screen, but you know, a large format screen. But I haven't watched it since. I do remember there was one sequence towards the end that I felt was kind of distracting from a visual standpoint. I think it had something to do with like when Gwen went back to her house and like was meeting with her dad or something. There was some interaction, I believe, with Gwen and her dad that. For whatever reason, the the creative the art art decisions kind of I felt found to be distracting to me, so I didn't love that part. Uh, but but yeah, overall, like it's just it's a great movie. It is one of the best of the year. So I hope that it will be a best picture nominee come March. But we'll see if that actually happens. It's certainly the best animated movie of the year. And that's saying something because I think there's been a few good animated movies this year. So, any uh, movies you saw recently, theaters or? Um, yeah, it's been a, it's definitely been a slower couple of months now. After Barbenheimer, it's really, I've really backed down my movie watching. It'll pick up again here in another couple of weeks. But, um, finally got around to watching Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, really enjoyed it. Not a Dungeons and Dragons person. Uh, but you don't need to be to yeah. watch this movie. Like, it's just a lot of fun. The Chris Pine is hilarious. The cast is great. 
really, really enjoyed it. Um, wasn't planning to see Ninja Turtles in the theater. Um, I was going to wait for that to come on to Paramount, Pro Paramount Plus, but I ended up having some time to kill a few weeks ago. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it's You can definitely tell they're taking um some you know they're they're kind of using what what they've learned from like the spider-verse movies like it definitely has a spider-verse vibe to it okay um for sure it's not like comic booky uh but like the animation style is very you know it's it's a nice it's a nice combo of and i haven't watched the boys but i know enough about what the boys is and like this is a seth rogan project like sure. it's a nice combination of like the boys and spider-verse Okay. With, the, with the turtles like it's a lot of pop culture references uh that i got a good kick out of you know it's a brisk pace like it's only like an hour and a half long hour 45 maybe um ton of people in i, it too, I right? like that they're huh? a ton of people in it too right oh yeah huge cast huge cast um i was surprised uh like the language like it wasn't like inappropriate like i think it's still a pg i think it's a pg movie uh, but I was kind of surprised. I think it was Ice Cube's character drops a couple S words, um, oh. which I wasn't expecting. But uh, no, I I really enjoyed it. I love the fact that they were teenagers again, yeah. which I don't feel like we've seen in a while. But uh, it was really good. Uh, uh, let's see. A couple others I watched. I I enjoyed the, the Adam Sandler uh, movie. Uh, with his with his family, you're not you're not invited to my bat mitzvah with his daughters on Netflix. Okay, um, it's I really enjoyed it. Just a fun little, you know, Netflix coming of age uh, movie. You know, Sandler kind of plays a side character to his to his daughters. Um, but it was I really enjoyed it. Watched that a couple weeks ago. Um, so that was that's one uh, that I would definitely recommend to people for looking for something to watch. A nice little, you know, I wouldn't call it. A, I mean, it's a family movie. It's about family so um yeah i think that's been uh, most of what i've seen here recently i'm definitely looking forward to getting back to the theater here in the next few weeks uh dumb money comes out here in a couple weeks um uh, which is the one about the GameStop um stuff that happened during the pandemic oh, with yeah. you know the wall street stock market all that stuff that movie comes out here towards the end of the month and then we get into oscar movie season with a lot of good things some of them have been pushed back because of the strike but um, several things are still coming out, so uh, pretty excited about that. But but yeah, it's been it's been pretty slow for me the past the past few weeks. Um, Did you get around to seeing Blue Beetle? No, I didn't. I didn't. I there that and Gran Turismo, both of them have been in the theaters for a while, and I just I just haven't gone. Yeah, I I, I didn't get a chance either. On Max, but I I'm to the point now where I went so much over the summer that like. There's a lot of these movies that if I'm not just like dying to go see it, I'm just gonna wait till it's streaming somewhere. Sure. Like I'm paying for all these streaming services. Like yeah. I may as like I just need to wait until they're out there. Like and 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 that's you know, we can talk about the Little Mermaid thing, which I, you know, was tweeting about the other day. And like and I get that. I understand people, you know, waiting to wait till movies on streaming to watch it. Like, you know, I'm I'm the type of person for the big movies, I'm gonna go to the theater. But yeah. like for the smaller stuff, like I don't have I don't need to go see Blue Beetle in the theater. I just don't, you know. Um but that'll change here in a few weeks with some of these other ones. But no, I've not seen Blue Beetle yet. I'm not seeing Gran Turismo yet. Um those are the two recent ones that have come out that I haven't gotten to. Um 
there's a few others that have been out that I haven't I haven't been able to make it to or whatever, but I will I will get to as many of them as I can as they start to release on their various streaming sure. services. Yeah, I, I brought a Blue Beetle. I didn't get a chance to watch it either, but I heard I, it got great reviews critically. That yeah, compared to Flash and the Last Wonder Woman and you know everything else almost that DC has come out with. Like this was the one I think I was least excited about in a in the superhero movie world, and um, yeah. seemed like it did the best critically. So kind of. Looking for some uh, info on that, but going to try to watch it Good when it critically, comes Good critically, but nobody went to see it. Yeah. Which is a shame, so. you know, when something, you know, it seems like sometimes the, the movies that aren't great, but they have a great following and yeah, IP, it's... like, they'll go see Superman that's bad, but Blue Beetle gets a good story together and a yeah, unique it's... character and no one sees it. There's a variety of things here. I think a lot of it is the streaming thing. Yeah. Uh, people just are just at this point, like the little mermaid's a huge example. Like they, they Disney announced that it was like the biggest Disney plus debut for a movie sure. ever. I mean, I know Disney plus has only been around for three years, but like still like that's, you know, that's a big deal. But this is also a movie that did not do very well at the box office comparatively. Like, you know, this is another live action remake of a, of a, um, that era of movies, um, renaissance era and you think back like the lion king beauty and the beast aladdin all of those live action remakes made over a billion dollars and little little mermaid didn't come anywhere close to it so like and it it's not any better or any worse than any any of those other movies i think it actually might be better than some of them but people still didn't go yeah like this is a i think this is a streaming thing i think we are so conditioned now unless it's a big event movie and you can make the argument whatever you want about the Barbenheimer situation, but that was a meme. Like, that got turned into an absolute meme. That's why people had to go. It was a FOMO thing. Like, yeah. there was more to that than they were just good movies. Because, yes, being a good movie certainly helps, but I don't think Little Mermaid was any worse than these other Disney live-action remakes that all made well over a billion dollars internationally at the box office. So... That's that's what we're getting into now. So like movies like Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo and you know all these other movies that like you know four years ago might have actually you know made good business you know if they have good word of mouth, but they're just not the type of event movies that people are going to go see. And they know they're they know they can go see that Blue Beetle on on Max here in like three months. People just know that at yeah. this point. You know Pixar saw that. Pixar realized that with their stuff. Other studios are realizing it too. Like this is just how we're conditioned to think now. So, so I remember during the pandemic they did the, I think it was Mulan. Like you had to pay a special fee, right? Yeah. Do you think mm-hmm. they'll go back to? Do you think they'll try that again? No, I don't think so. I think that was a they tried that. That was a pandemic thing. They did that with um, Mulan. You could pay to watch the Black uh, Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. And Raya, the Last Dragon, uh, also had that, but those were also those actually did get released into the th- into the theater. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I don't think we're going to go back to that model. Um, I I think what we're trending in is the direction where going to the movie theater is going to be more of an experience. I would not be shocked if movie theater pricing goes up, and it becomes an event. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. That sucks to think about as somebody that really enjoys going to the theater, you know, 60 times a year or whatever it is. Uh, but I just don't think 
I just don't think it's it's feasible. Yeah. People aren't people just aren't going. They're not going they're clearly not gonna go see Little Mermaid in the movie theater. They know it's gonna be on Disney Plus. I mean, unless streaming changes drastically, which I think it is going to change, but I don't know what I don't know how you fix that unless you just have to, you know, Maybe you wait six months to release a movie onto streaming as opposed to three months or whatever it is now. Well, one thing I, I think they're, they're starting do. to do. I just think it'll be different. I, I got four or five emails this past couple of weeks from Paramount, from Disney Plus, from their, all their prices are going up. And I think that's yeah. part of it is, hey, we're not making the money in the theater. You're going to watch it at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to get more money from you month by month at home. Right. So it'll, it's yep. kind of. I'm interested to see, okay, what's the balance going to turn into? Is it going to get to a point where, you know what, I'm paying 25 bucks a month to go see, to have Disney Plus at home. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really just waiting for this movie to come out. For 25 bucks, I can go see it and have popcorn and whatever else. Um, yeah. You talked about the movie experience changing. There's a, a down in Tampa, we, we vacation down there frequently and, um, the movie theater that is in the mall near where we stay, um, they gutted it a few years ago, and now everything is. There's a, a bar in there. There's more more than just popcorn and soda and candy. Now it's kind of have dinner. Is it a dine-in theater? It's not. So I, I've been to one in Chicago where like there's a waitress that comes to your chair and like takes your order. It wasn't yeah. that, but no more like classic seats. It's. There might only be 50 seats in the theater, but they're all recliners and they have a little desk tray that turns out. I think we're going to see less theaters, but more of them like that, less seats, but more razzle dazzle to it. Yeah. I mean, the the Megaplex model that started in the 90s, um, I think we're going to I think that I think that era is over. I think we're going to see more niche theaters. Yeah. Maybe they may be smaller, as you talked about. I, I don't know. And I'm not – I can't sit here and, like, predict what they're going to do because, like, I'm not smart enough to do that. But I just think it's going to be different. And I think, yeah. you know, these movies like Blue Beetle, like Little Mermaid, like Indiana Jones, like, these are examples as to why. Like, these are movies that four years ago would have done great business at the box office. But with what we're doing now with streaming, like, it's just not. So I think I think that stuff's going to change. I think it's going to become more of an experience, more like going to the theater, like the, you know, the stage theater. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, like, super expensive tickets, but, you know, like, I'm fortunate where I live, and you're probably the same way. Like, I know champagne's not super expensive, but it doesn't cost me a ton of money to go to a movie. No. I'm also going by myself. I only get snacks half the time I go. Um, so it doesn't cost me a ton of money, but I know like people that live in bigger cities like LA or Chicago, New York, whatever, like the tickets are more expensive. The food's more expensive. You have to pay to park. Like that's not something I have to deal with here. Um, so like for me, it's not (laughs) terrible, but I could definitely see a situation where, you know, that stuff starts to change at some point. Sure. Um, I think coming up soon, Loki season two, you excited for that? Yep. Sure. Yeah, I enjoyed the first season. Um, it's been one of the best things Disney Plus has done, I think, from a, an original standpoint. Um, it's certainly one of the best Marvel um, shows. So we'll see. Uh, the Jonathan Majors conundrum is interesting. It sounds like he's still at about half the show. Uh, I don't know what the future of that character is. I don't think anybody knows at this point. I think it's all just kind of a toss-up. Sure. 
but yeah, I like the first season, so I'm I'm certainly excited to watch this. But they've been burning me right and left, so uh, I'm gonna you know go into it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I think I I wanted to be Loki season two and not. Hey, here's how we're gonna get from Guardians of the Galaxy to Captain Marvel, or here's how we're gonna yep. just continue the story and. You know, if you don't watch this show, you're going to not understand the next movie that comes out. I hate it. I hope it's not that. It's, I hate it. That's my only I hate it, and I'm, somebody that, and I'm somebody that does watch everything, and I still hate yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I... I, just think it's, I think it's made the whole experience far worse for people. Absolutely. Myself included. All right, man. Anything else as we wrap up that... I don't think so. Any more rants in you? Anything you want to get out to the internet world (laughs) i don't think so not today come back to me next month and all right something for you well yeah next month we'll have more big brother to chat about we'll talk more about ahsoka and that'll be over and we'll kind of give our uh spoilerific version of that probably have some loki to talk about depending on when we record in october and all sorts of hopefully hopefully some good news on the writer strike and stuff because that's been it's kind of Looking down the road of like, okay, when are we going to run out of stuff to talk about? Because it's it can be bare bones if we get too far into stuff. And I've not watched any Yellowstone, so I mean, we could turn this into like a Yellowstone podcast, do episode I watched any of it. episode by episode recaps, and we could <clears throat> stretch that out. But may as well. hopefully, it doesn't come to that. I I know people out there love it. I haven't watched any of it yet though. But um, but yeah. So well, thanks Logan for hanging out. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Sorry I missed your Friday. I know you uh, you were in in Oakwood calling some high school football. Did not I unfortunately did not make the trip. So Well I told you um, I forgave you. Eric Westfall, not so much. Very upset that you weren't fair. there. I think he gets tired of talking to me that, during that whole time and so wanted a I fresh would, face. I would I would too. All right. Well thanks for listening to those that are out <laughs> here listening and uh We'll see you next time.